0: albert einstein once said that play is the highest form of research well let's get ready to do some research this is teach play learn the podcast and i am your host adam peterson before we get to today's episode gotta give a huge shout out to the guys behind our intro music that we use brian and neil my buddies from the band cuckoo kangaroo visit cuckoo kangaroo.com to see more of their music and awesome merch as well as check out their youtube channel And a big thank you to our sponsor of Teach, Play, Learn, the podcast, Jose and Sean, my friends from Berto & Co. If you don't know what Berto & Co. is, use the shopping link in the show notes to visit BertoCo.com to see top-notch teacher planners, at-home planners, t-shirts, and more with the coolest designs on them. And when you use that shopping link and use the promo code ADAMP15, you will save yourself 15% off your order at BertoCo.com let's get to today's topic. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. So excited to be back with you guys again this week. And this episode is going to be a fun one because we're going to talk about a lot, and especially with the whole unknown of going back to school happening virtually, hybrid, traditional, whatever it may be. So I thought, why not talk about that with someone who really knows a lot about it with some fun ideas involved. So we're going to bring on my really, really good friend and colleague, Dr. Lori Elliott. Lori, how are you? Hey, Adam, how are you? I'm good. It's so good to see you again. I'm glad you're here. And I'm I'm so excited. Good to see you too. Thank you. When you when you told me about these ideas, and you're like, like, I want to talk about this. I'm like, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. (laughs) Tell me more. So before we get into this, the stuff of this and the the meat of this whole episode, tell the listeners a little bit about you and your your educational background and, and why you do what you do.
1: Thanks so much. Well, um, I'm from Southwest Missouri, and I have been an educator for, oh my word, I'm going to say over 25 years, it's more like closer to 30, and uh, I taught lots of different things, everything from preschool all the way up, and I was a tech integration specialist as well, and really what that just means is I love to be with students and teachers, and so what I get a chance to do now is be with teachers and students in a different capacity where I partner with them to help them plan and implement really great instructional strategies. And my background with technology um, has continued and I'm still super interested and that's what I do so much um, in the lessons I create and in the experiences I, that I do with students and teachers that I share those things in addition to some of the other topics that we talk about. But yeah, it's so, it's so fun. I didn't start as a techie and so it's really fun to see how we use technology in an authentic way for a person like me who really didn't ever intend for that to happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I know I, I taught, I was in the classroom 13 years and the amount of change in yeah. that small span, of time, right? Like from, from having, you know, giant desktop computers to every child having an iPod or an iPad in their hand. So it's amazing to see, and it'll be even more amazing to see over the continued decades, like what that looks like virtually, right? And, and one thing I love about you and you're so good about doing is that regardless of the amount of technology being used or what the purpose of it is, you are still so much about the teachers. And and I yeah. talked about that in the last episode with with our friend, Mary Amison, that, that we need to remember all of this is just a tool. Like the teacher Absolutely. is still the important part of this. But unfortunately, and I, well, I don't know if it's fortunate or unfortunate with the way times are going, like that's going to be an important tool because yeah. we don't know what schools are going to look like. So mm-hmm. um, I thought when, when you gave me these ideas, I was, I was so excited. I thought we'd talk more about some of this virtual space and how not so much the the toys and game tools, but the, right. the way we can make this engaging. And the reason is, I know a lot of people that hear the word play think blocks and Legos and kitchens and that, but we need to remember that it's it's about engagement and it's keeping kids enjoying the learning and engaged in the learning and actively doing things. And I know from what you told me that you've got some really, really fun ways to do that, whether you're in the classroom or not. And that's the that's important right. here. This is stuff that can be done over the computer or virtually or hybrid or in the classroom, whatever it is. So, I'm going to let you go because I know you've got some awesome ideas to share here.
1: Well, thanks. You know, what is so funny is when you were talking about when you first started teaching and what technology looked like, because I started teaching in the early 90s and the the at that time, we didn't have computers in our classroom, so we had a computer lab. And one of my first, really, when I started realizing how we could use technology in a way that is playful and that students can learn through play, is walking in there and watching them play Oregon Trail, right? Oh my
0: gosh, So, yeah. <laughs> I, so, <laughs> so I'm glad you said, I wasn't going to say, like, isn't it crazy how much has changed over the years? I, I I'm going to gonna say. That. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about myself <laughs> and I'll let you I'll let you, uh, date your time there, but, but yeah, mm-hmm. that was the best game in the world as a kid. I loved that game.
1: They loved it. My students loved that. And, and that was the first thing that really caught my attention. It was the excitement level of those kids and they were playing and they were having fun, but they were communicating. And then, you know, it went on from there. So we learned, you know, the students were playing by doing things like math munchers. Oh my gosh. I don't know if you remember that and reading rabbit. And then they were doing things yeah. like Kid picks where they could create stuff. Oh my gosh!
0: And I, yeah. I remember kid picks and paint. And I remember fourth grade was the year that I knew I wanted to write. Like I've always been a yeah. writer of like stories and stuff, but like not an author, but just write because we did we did like computer or digital stories. We got to type go. stories, right? Mm-hmm. And it was on the it was on the printer paper that printed out in one long sheet. You had to rip <laughs> it apart, but the and yeah. they were like. They were like pixelated images that we were able to create. I remember making this story about knights and dragons. I can still remember this, like knights and dragons and these little pixelated images that we, I don't know what program it was in, but I'll never forget Mm -hmm. that in fourth grade, writing my first story, I guess, quote unquote. (laughs)
1: It is, and, and you know, we have come such a far a long way since that time, but the cool thing is we have more tools now than ever before that yeah. we can do incredible stuff, and so when we were talking, we were talking about so much about play, of course, we love project-based learning. We love mm-hmm. play-based learning. I started to think about the things in the last year or two, yeah, really the last year, that have really skyrocketed. They may have been around, but because of the <laughs> situation we're in, more people <laughs> have had a chance to try it out, and they're like, yes, this does work with students. Um, I wanted to think about, uh, you know one of the things that we did as a kid or as a teenager that was not techie and uh, to kind of preface where we're going with this idea so did you adam when you were ever a middle schooler or a high schooler go on scavenger hunts do you remember oh, scavenger yeah. hunts yeah
0: i remember doing it with my so, own kids right
1: <laughs> yeah so scavenger hunts are a thing right and so when i was in i remember very much in uh junior high and high school, any kind of group I was in, it seemed like that was the activity, was you'd go on these scavenger hunts. Back in the day, you'd go all over town and you'd look for things and you ask people for things and you actually had to bring back the image because we couldn't take pictures right. and get them developed. That's <laughs> enough. So, but it was always fun, right? To look for these crazy things. Um, and so what we've done is that now teachers are using that same idea, but we're doing what we call flip hunts. And flip hunts are using the website that platform, the app Flipgrid. So I don't know if if listeners are familiar with Flipgrid, but it's like one of my very favorites. It is video based. So it's a really simple platform where students make videos based on a topic the teacher gives them. And then they just, it immediately shares to the teacher, which can also be shared with others in the classroom, which is really great. But flip hunts are essentially taking the fun we had with scavenger hunts and putting it with Flipgrid. And so you give Yeah, it's awesome. So you give your students a list of tasks or things you want them to find or talk about. And then they work either individually or in partners or in small groups. And they find those places or they do those tasks. And then they record them and they share them back with the teacher. And then they can share, each group can see each other's. Now, the reason I'm sharing this is that no matter if you got to start where your your students are at home, this is a fantastic fantastic way to start the school year, right? Have the kids go on a flip hunt where they introduce themselves and by finding these different things or talking about these different things and making videos.
0: That's so really for cool. en-
1: Yeah, so for instance, I made a really quick like getting to know you flip hunt that I'll share with our listeners. And it's really, you know, very simple, like, what is your favorite snack, you know, and tell us about it. What's your favorite song, sing us a little bit about it, you know, it's those kind of things so that students, whether again, you're face to face or in one of the virtual capacities, you're still able to have that experience of play, um, doing it virtually.
0: That's awesome because yeah, one of the—I mean—we talk about the definition on here all the time. But for those of you that are new to the podcast, the definition of play has the word engagement, active enjoyment in it. I mean, that's really what defines the word play. It's not about the stuff; it's about what they're right. doing and the experience. So that's right. I think that's great. I'll never forget um, my wife Trisha using Flipgrid with her second graders when when all the virtual started back in the spring when when the pandemic started, and um, their reactions to each other videos were, were like the best because they could comment and be like, "Oh my gosh, I love what you did!" and It was just really cool to watch these little ones totally take this, you know, full on. and, And I mean, they figured it out like that, and they were complimenting each other's videos and chatting back and forth. And it was all done in the safe space of her classroom grid. That was it's just a really cool idea. So I love that you're getting them up and moving with that too. That's a good idea.
1: Yeah. And you know what, if folks are using Seesaw, no worries. If you're like, I don't know if I want to use Flipgrid, although we love it. And there's some brand new features coming out in August. um, But if you, you can do the same thing in Seesaw, right? You give them the same list of tasks and they just make their videos and store them in their Seesaw journals. So it's a great, it's a really great way to have fun.
0: The cool part about Flipgrid, too, is I used it a couple times in my classroom to do like um, virtual pen pals with another teacher. Yeah. And we sent videos to them. They sent videos to us. But the thing I like about that is, like you mentioned, whether you're virtual or traditional, like everybody can see those. So it's not it's not just the teacher checking those things. Every student can kind of see what's going on with, with their friends. And it's a great way, honestly, to get to know the other ones, too. Like meet Absolutely. these friends you haven't met yet. So, yeah, I'm excited. So I, I heard you mention... <laughs> The the word escape room too. And and I'm 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 intrigued.
1: <laughs> okay, so I know a lot of people have done this for, you know, they've sprung up all over the country, these escape rooms. I don't know if you've been, I don't know if you've solved the clues, got yourself out of the escape room. I've been so intrigued by that idea or the breakout boxes that everybody was talking about. But I'm going to be honest with you that when I got ready to start trying to make those in the last couple of years, I was like, whoa, this is really hard. (laughs) Like (laughs) coming up with these clues and putting it together. And, And I'll be honest, I kind of was like, I'll just see what others are doing and use theirs. Well, because of the rise in popularity for the Bitmoji virtual classrooms, yes. which I don't know if you, Adam, do you have one? So you I, need one. I, I
0: need one. Honestly, it's funny that we're recording this when we are, because Trisha last night was building hers and and oh it nice. To coming here and she, I was doing something on my computer and she was working on hers and I just kept hearing these little giggles from the corner. I was like, "What are you doing?" And she's like, "Check this out." She was putting her Bitmoji all over the classroom mm-hmm. and our kids were so into it. like, mom, use the lightsaber, or do this or do that. It was, I, I'm not going to lie. Like I've have not ventured into that yet, but I'm really excited to try it out.
1: Yeah, they're they're pretty exciting, and you're saying, well, how does that fit with the escape rooms? Well, for those of you that aren't aware of this phenomenon going on, uh, people are using their Bitmojis, their little avatars they've created, to create virtual classrooms. So you can do that in Google Slides, you can do that in Microsoft Online, using PowerPoint, that's the online version, or you can do traditional PowerPoint version. And essentially, what you're doing is you're putting a background, a wonderful background of a classroom, or a house, or wherever you want the setting to be, and then you put your little Bitmoji character And then you link things to all the objects that you put on the picture. So if you want to link it to a book and it goes to a website you want kids to see or um, a video clip you want them to watch, you just link them. Now, when that started happening, I was really excited about it, but then it clicked with me, that's how I'm going to do my escape rooms because the escape rooms the other way were seemed to be really complicated. And I was trying to keep all that straight. It was very confusing for me. This makes sense to me. So now what I've been doing is creating an escape room where I create some kind of setting for the students or teachers. I've been using them all summer with teachers to explore and learn things. And then I make links. So when they click on them, they go to a clue, they go to videos, they go to websites, they can go to a place where they put their answers so I can see what they're saying. And they try to escape the room. So they're trying That's to cool. solve my clues and record it using a Google form. And then if as they unlock each of the answers, then at the end, congratulations, they've escaped the room. I love so, that. So, oh my gosh, it's so fun. I they're play. so
0: fun to <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then how easy to, I know, like I, I've seen teachers like when I've gone to conferences or whatnot, or heard people speak about doing escape rooms in the classroom, but there's a lot of prep for that. Like you have to yeah. gather all the materials and write out the clues or type out the clues. Like, I'm not saying there's not prep for this, but but what a I guess maybe simplified version once you figure out how to do it, where you're yeah. not collecting all kinds of stuff, but you're making it more about the engagement of figuring all this out. And I'm trying to think too, could that be done? Like with breakout rooms and Zoom, like could you break students up into different groups to try to solve these things? Yes,
1: yes. Because one, one, again, once I found this, now I'm hooked. Like this has made sense over, <laughs> over this the last few months. I'm like, I got it. Because it's much easier to put together. And then yes, you can send that link to the students and they could be in breakout rooms and Zooms and they could each be trying to race each of the breakout rooms, race each other to get to, to escape fastest. Um, one of the things that I've been doing is putting um, a timer video in the corner of my escape rooms so that they're trying to race each other and then they record how much time it took them to get to the end of all the clues. So you can do lots of fun things, but it absolutely can be done. And it sounds wonderfully fun, but then teachers are like, but I still don't know how to do it. Right. So lots of you, yeah, lots of YouTube videos out there, but I did prepare a step-by-step guide. So again, I'll sh- we'll share that um, so that yeah. people will one have links to some videos that will walk them through that and two they can check out mine I mean I have a really the one I will share is really simple and it just is an escape room for building escape rooms how about that
0: that's perfect (laughs) you know that's what people need I I know like there's so much I I, I, you know we were just having a conversation over lunch Trish and I before I came down to record with you and and she had gotten off a call with school and one more thing was being changed and one more Mm -hmm. thing was being delayed and one more thing is up in the air and unknown. And, and I just, I can see the stress building in her, like all teachers right now. So I, I'm i just thinking like if I was in the classroom right now, which I, I don't know where those teachers are, I'm trying to be as supportive as possible, but that's what I'd be looking for are are the simplified steps to make all of this as simple as possible. So I think you doing it as simple as possible is exactly what teachers need. And and step-by-step is perfect. So Lori mentioned, we would share that we will, if if you're watching this, check the links down in the YouTube. If you're listening, look in the show notes, I'll have a link in there for you of how to find this document from Lori. Um, But like she mentioned too, YouTube is a great place to go to find uh, virtual trainings on this. I know Trisha was watching some tutorials last night, setting hers up, but I think that's, this type of stuff is exactly what is needed right now, um, especially like we, I know we keep using the word unknown, right? Like yeah. not knowing what's going to happen. So if you're in the classroom, great, do what you've always done. But if you're having to do it virtually, why not make it as fun as possible? And I think that's the thing we need to remember that it was okay in the spring, right? Like a lot of us just kind of did what we had to do to get by, but we need to accept the fact that that virtual learning is going to be a thing for some students from yes. now on. I mean, they're, I, I'm willing to step in on them and say, there's probably some kids that are never going to go back to a school setting, right? Like, I really think there are, I think there's gonna be yeah. some families that take this opportunity to realize that, that they're going to stay virtual. Either they're they're mm-hmm. scared of what's going to happen or they're worried for their health because they have other you know underlying conditions, but we need to assume that there's gonna be some students that are in this for the long haul. So making it as engaging and fun as possible is is what we need. So thank you for that, that step-by-step. That's a good thought.
1: Well, thank you. And you know what I think? You you know when you were talking to Tricia, I had the same a, a conversation with my daughter last night about every time I'm sharing these, teachers are getting so excited. We have so much fun, and they're they're sending me emails and they're tweeting about it and all this stuff. And I was like you know, I really think it's because we need play also. It's yes. not just our kids, right? So for self-care, Ashley and I, we were talking about self-care and we were talking about play is a part of as an adult. That's why we are doing jigsaw puzzles. That's why we're doing crossword puzzles. That's why, that's how some of us are managing our way through this. But I think that these escape rooms and these flip grid hunts and the things we're talking about, they're giving teachers, because we can't control, we can control these things. Right. And so we can play and we can control and we leave, we get them done and we're feeling, accomplished like we had a good time we feel accomplished so I think this is a twofer I think it's going to be great for our kids I think for us as teachers it's going to be a way for us again to self-care and to prepare even though we we don't feel like we're in control
0: well yeah so, and, and also the the fact that it, it's going to take the the mundane task of teaching in front of a camera and and up it with with some yeah. fun right and I'm so glad you mentioned that teachers need to play too adults need that that you know that 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 experience in the education form it can't just be the same thing over and over and over again. And I know you you had experienced that because we were talking beforehand about conferences that you've done this with, and you said the reaction from teachers was just you know unbelievable. Like they were like, "Tell me more, tell me more, tell me more." And I saw it last week with the conference I was working with, the presenter um, Graham. He had teachers playing little math games, and it was completely virtual. I mean, hundreds of teachers in these breakout rooms and Zoom, and the interactions and excitement we're, we're there. And I think it's just because they've, they've had so much of this face to computer for so long that to be able to do something hands-on and get excited is is what we need right now.
1: Absolutely. I, I, I'm, I'm here for it because that's how I am navigating (laughs) the waters myself.
0: (laughs) Well, I love that. I, I I never, never ceases to amaze me with the stuff you come up with, Lori, you're, you're a genius (laughs) at this. And I know teachers are going to, going to eat this up. So we will definitely share those links below. We'll definitely share um, how to find you. So how can teachers do that that are listening right now and don't want to try to find it on their phone? They want to hear it. What are the best places to follow Dr. Lori Elliott?
1: Oh, that's, uh, thank you so much for asking. So my website, everything is my name. So it's really, really helpful. Um, so you go to my website, which is uh, DrLaurieElliott.com. By the way, Elliot has two L's and two T's that if you can't find me, that's why. Double L, double T. Um, but also I'm on Twitter as Dr. Lori Elliott, Facebook and um, Instagram. I'm also there as Dr. Lori Elliott ed consulting. And so again, if you, if you just search my name, you'll find me on all those different places. And I am having a blast. Um, talking with teachers twitter has been super fun um, to hear and people are are tweeting what they're creating and i love it i love seeing it and so it's fun it is fun
0: and before we go we got to share this because this 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 podcast developed from my book as you all know that are listening or watching it developed from teach play learn we decided to turn the book into a podcast and continue the discussion well Lori is is joining the ranks of the the dbc crew with it and it's not i mean (laughs) I, I know it's got a different title to it, but it's, it's totally play in my books. Yeah, um, yes. Tell us about your book that's going to be coming out.
1: Oh, I'm so excited. Um, we, we, the tentative title, which it could change, is um, uh, Live and Learn, which is about project-based learning. And yes. really, it's a little bit different than, and, you know, all the books out there are fantastic about project-based learning. But I've tried to take everything I've learned and continue to learn on my project-based learning journey. In other words, everything that I ever had a question about or any time I ever messed up and it didn't go well. (laughs) So I've outlined the whole entire thing. Not only what it is in theory, but really it's a guidebook. It's a practical step-by-step. Here's how you do it. Here's what keeps you up at night. So here's what you do to prevent that. Um, I've tried to just, again, think of everything that that I've learned and I continue to learn to make the project-based learning process so enjoyable for, for teachers as well as for students and it does it merges a lot of things we talked about today it merges the play emerges the tech it merges the authentic learning emerges differentiation to me it's just a win-win all the way around and the goal of the book is just to again help teachers just to break it down in the most practical way possible
0: but well, I'm I'm so excited! Congratulations with that. I cannot wait to read Thank it. You. But I think one thing you just said there too—the most practical way—but also that it, that it's, it's you. This isn't yeah. this isn't like a bunch of different studies going on and trying to fill your brain with with tons of research. This is true stories of you doing these things in a classroom and and how you can make yeah. it as easy as possible. So, Lori and I do a lot of work together with with project and play because they fit so hand in hand together. Um, there, there's a little teaser. Be on the lookout for more about that. <laughs> DrLauriela.com <laughs> Dr. and my website because we're going to be sharing some stuff soon, hopefully. But in the meantime, uh, follow her stuff, be on the lookout for her book. I cannot, do we know when yet, or is it still kind of up in the air? I,
1: I think what we're looking at is probably later fall. Awesome. So we're, yeah, so it's fallish. And so we're very excited about that. And And I am, I'm just really excited. Should have a book cover here pretty soon, which I'm thrilled about.
0: Yes. So. That was that was like my favorite time was when you got to see that. So there's another one. Stay tuned to Dave Consulting.com yeah. because you'll see the book coming out from there. But that's it for today. Thank you, Lori. We'll put all thank the links you. for everything below. I appreciate this more than you know because I learned something new from you every time we talk. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: <laughs> thank you. Bye.
0: Thank you all so much for listening. If you want to hear more music like what you're hearing right now, visit CuckooKangaroo.com. And then please like, share, and rate this podcast wherever you're listening to it so others can find it too. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Because you are the best.